0: Welcome to my podcast. I'm Jennifer Zock, and today I'm in conversation with Sarah Law about how she uses somatic awareness to manage her emotions and messaging at work. Sarah is an experienced staff developer with a history of working in the nonprofit human services industry for over 10 years. In her current role, Sarah has had opportunities to help people reach their aha moments through virtual and in-person training facilitation instructional design, curriculum development, employee onboarding, and leadership development. While her career has led Sarah down the path of adult learning, she still maintains many passions, including her first love of social psychology, knitting, and exploring the outdoors with her husband and son. Let's hear from Sarah. Thanks for coming on the show today, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me. Let's start with a general question. Yeah. What led you to somatic awareness? Yeah.
1: So I really got started with somatic awareness um, when I was reading Dr. Kristen Neff's book on self-compassion. And she doesn't use somatic awareness directly, but she talks a lot about mindfulness and practicing mindfulness um, and this is really just identifying how you're feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, however you wanna define it, right? Um, and she talks about just identifying it. There's no judgment of good or bad placed on it. It just, it is what it is. This really helped me to start to learn um, how my physical state of being was tied to my emotional state of being. Cause I would ask myself, how am I feeling physically? How am I feeling emotionally? And I started to pick up on some trends. So like if I'm frustrated or angry about something, I often feel a rushing of heat to my face. Um, If I am feeling happy or fulfilled, I feel light. My muscles are relaxed and I'm usually full of energy. Um, I found that naming and being able to identify the emotions that I feel really helps me to take a pause from them and dig deeper. Um, It helps me approach the emotion from a more analytic and scientific way. So for example, I might have a conversation with myself of, okay, that email is obviously upsetting me. I feel a pit in my stomach. I haven't unclutched my jaw in five minutes. Let's examine this. What exactly has me upset here? What can I do about it? And what are some things I need to come to terms with the fact that I'm not gonna be able to change about why I'm upset? I try to practice mindfulness a couple minutes each day. Um, I, I literally have an app on my Fitbit watch that does a two minute breathing exercise. Um, check-in is what they call it. I set aside about 15 minutes at the beginning of my workday to just sit and breathe. Usually it does not take me the whole 15 minutes. I usually spend closer to three to five minutes, but putting that on my calendar holds me accountable to making space for it in my day. When I practice mindfulness during these breathing exercises, I focus on how my body feels and then ask myself, what emotions are I feeling right now? I do this practice trying to connect my physical indicators to the emotions I may be experiencing because if I do it more frequently, I get better at it. You know, this is still a learning process for me. So I try to make space to do that at least once a day. Some days are better than others, but um, the more I practice, the more I'm able to quickly identify that there's something going on because mm-hmm. it truly is a skill yes yes very much definitely have to put it into practice yeah nice work putting it into practice
0: <laughs> in what way do you operate differently in the workplace as a result of applying somatic awareness
1: I tend to be a lot less reactionary than I once was So I'll tell a story about myself because growing up, I used to think that I was the cool, calm and collected analytical person in my family. And I didn't think that I was easily swayed by my emotions. And then I met my husband who is the very definition of cool, calm and analytical. He's an engineer, so I suppose it comes with the territory. Um, (laughs) But I realized at that point that my actions were led a lot more by my emotions than I ever really wanted to admit before. I still was definitely the cool and calm one in my family. um, But that didn't necessarily mean that that I wasn't free from being ruled by my emotions. And so um, going back to the question here, naming the emotion that I'm currently feeling and doing it in a very specific way helps me to pause and think. So I try to say things to myself, such as I am feeling very anxious right now. Um, I'm trying to work away from language like I'm anxious right now um, because I don't want to own my feelings. My feelings are not me. They're a part of me and they're a transient part. They're not gonna be here forever. Um, They will come and go. And so trying to put that, I am currently feeling this way gives me space to just separate out that this is a part of me right now, but this is not who I am. Um, and in that space, when I name that emotion, it allows me to be consciously aware that I'm experiencing an emotion and allows me to be analytical about it. So that doesn't necessarily mean that I stop feeling the emotion, right? So if I'm excited or happy, I want to analyze why and revel in the good times. Like I'm really happy right now. I want to enjoy this and soak it in consciously because this is awesome. Or if I'm mad or upset, I can still allow myself to go cry or yell into my pillow or get it out in whatever way I need to. But in all of those cases, that somatic awareness helps me make the conscious decision on how I want to experience my emotion rather than letting my emotion drive me. And so in the workplace, this pause is a lot easier to practice through uh, email or written communication for sure, because you obviously get that opportunity to pause and take your time to respond to that. Um, But I'm even finding it easier now in meetings and face-to-face conversations to take a deep breath or ask for a second to think over what was just shared with me. Um, I've really been surprised at the fact that not many people have really reacted to that in any other way than just giving me the space to do that, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so having this practice in place has helped me take that opportunity a little bit more frequently, even in those times where I may not have the time to sit and think about it for a long period of time. Taking a deep breath or just taking a minute to think about it still gives me that opportunity to pause and realize, okay, I'm upset or this is shocking to me. I need to be very mindful of what I say next. Even if I can't fully process it that in that 10, 15 seconds, it gives me the opportunity to at least be aware. Has your team noticed the change? Yeah. So um, I have two examples I want to talk about about how this has changed my relationship in the workplace. Um, so with my team directly, I supervise a small team and we've experienced a few changes that have kind of just happened to us in the last several months, uh, without our input or feedback. And it's very likely this will continue in the coming months, just with the current climate that's going on in my company. Um, for me, it can sometimes be very easy to slip into a mindset of helplessness, especially Mm -hmm. when those decisions are made without input from the people that they're being affected. Um, if I'm not acutely aware of how I'm feeling, it would be very easy for me to slip into a negative mindset and unintentionally allow that negativity to leach out into my team. Uh, recognizing my emotional reaction to a situation allows me to regain control of how I experience my emotion. As a leader, it's perfectly fine to be a little pessimistic in private. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine to have those feelings but I can't let that come through with my team and controlling how I experience my emotion will allow me to control my messaging with my team. Um this is something I continue to work on because I haven't always been the greatest at this in the past. Um it's definitely a point of uh, point of work for me that I'm I'm continuing to work on this. Mm-hmm. Um The precedence of pessimism I set early on with my team created a hill for me to climb with my team. You know, it kind of goes back to that emotional bank account and and making sure that I'm depositing more than I'm withdrawing and recognizing that even if I'm not the one that's directly withdrawing, my negative attitude is. And so um, taking the time to really set that stage and really make sure I'm able to manage my messaging has really helped. Um, it's also helped with my relationships outside of my team. So for example, I have a coworker that I've worked with on various cross, uh, cross departmental programs for probably close to a decade now. Um, and we have honestly never really seen eye to eye on very much. We're both aligned with the mission of the company and we both want, want those good things to happen, but our approaches are very, very different. Um, we were recently working on a project together and she sent me an email that just immediately put me into that negative headspace. And when I realized I was upset, I took the opportunity to get analytic about it. So I kind of had this conversation with myself of, okay, why did this email upset me? Well, she doesn't realize how poorly this is going to go on if we, if we do it this way. It's a waste of time. I don't know why she wouldn't know this. Okay, is it reasonable for her to know what you know? Well, maybe. I mean, her team is quite a bit different from mine there may be some universal principles at play here, but she probably has a different perspective from me. Is this really the type of person who would willingly waste time? No, no, she's not. You know, and, you know, I recognize that despite our differences. No, she's definitely not that kind of person. And so this little conversation I had with myself helped me realize we needed to talk things out. We both wanted the same end goal for the project. We just had different perspectives about how to get there and how awesome is that? What a gift that is, because If you have somebody who is aligned with you, you don't have that diversity of thought. And ultimately, when we talked, we came up with a solution that was better than either one of us had on our own. It combined our ideas and we came up with this idea for something even better that has been working relatively well so far. So um, I never would have been able to go into that meeting with such an open mindset without first being aware of why do I feel annoyed by this? And is this reasonable? And what can
0: I do about it? Excellent job of orienting from curiosity. And how much do you think that you saved the organization just in that example right there? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's hard to put numbers on it because, you know, it just, it would have rippled out to all of our frontline staff and um, just the processes we had at play because her way wasn't going to work. My way wasn't going to work, but when we came together to we found a way that it actually works really well.
0: And do you find that that strengthened your relationship? I think it
1: did. You know, it's, it's still a little early to tell, but I think I like to think that I'm laying the foundation of just, okay, we can be very, very different. Um, It's funny a few months before the pandemic hit, we uh, did a large supervisors meeting where we did a disc assessment Uh and we split into the four corners of the room based on our disc assessment and I immediately kind of had an aha moment because she was standing kitty corner across the room from me. So she and I very much opposites. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, that explains a lot. So, um, but it's really not a bad thing to have that differences because like I said, her perspective added so much to mine and we came together to come up with something even better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that diversity can be a huge asset. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it can. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's show. I hope you had some aha moments listening to Sarah's story. As you can see, somatic awareness is an important leadership skill to have, it's a tool of rational thought and a crucial element of success. To learn more about somatic awareness and what it can do for you, visit www.jennifer-zach.com. Again, that's www.jennifer-zach.com and select the Smart Leadership Channel.